Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have so much fun today because we're going to be talking with an expert about how we need to get our shift together. I love it. I love that when I saw that on your website. So please join me in welcoming Krissa Zindros-Boyce to our program today. Welcome, Krissa. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will dive into this. So Chris Zindros Boyce brings over a decade of management and executive-level leadership to the Handle Group. Throughout her career, she has worked on building brands and creating business-driving initiatives that have positively impacted sales, profit, and employee retention for large and small companies. As Chief Strategy Officer for Handle Group, Krissa works closely with leaders from all divisions to ensure that HG is optimally growing and scaling as a company. Her responsibilities span business development to financial operations and marketing. In her role as an executive coach, Krissa leads diversity and inclusion workshops, culture transformations, and high potential training programs across the globe. She supports both growing companies and industry conglomerates in designing cultures and structures that lead to increased employee retention, engagement, and profitability. Her roster of individual clients includes an international group of serial entrepreneurs, perennial corporate executives, and established individual contributors that hail from a broad range of sectors, including finance, entertainment, fashion, technology, nonprofit, and government. In her one-on-one coaching, Krissa leans into her innate creativity, intuition, and sense of humor to offer a personalized approach to help her clients meet their goals. Through an in-depth process, she helps her clients mitigate bad habits and rebalance their priorities. She believes that authenticity breeds confidence, and as such, she supports her clients in staying true to their values and apologetically honing their voice. So again, Krissa, welcome. Thank you. So lovely to be with you. It's going to be so much fun. So I always like learning about how my clients got to where they are today and how you discovered that this is your passion in life. Ah, good question. So uh, as you read in my bio, my background is in marketing, branding, and consumer experience for Mm -hmm. retail companies. So I started my career in fashion when I was really little. I remember going to a department store. For Mm -hmm. anybody who remembers G. Fox, do you Mm -hmm. remember G. Fox? Mm -hmm. My mom would go there every Sunday after church. Mm -hmm. And I remember seeing somebody dress the mannequin. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I want to do that for my job, mommy. Mm -hmm. And she was like, yeah, right. Uh Um, But turns out I figured out how to do that for my career. So that is what I did Mm -hmm. um, for uh, most of my early career. Mm -hmm. And as I was growing in my leadership and becoming um, a more senior person in the various mm-hmm. organizations that I was working in, mm-hmm. I realized that I needed some support in becoming a better leader because mm-hmm. nobody really teaches you how to be mm-hmm. a good leader. People teach you how to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I 
was clearly seeing I was lacking some leadership mm-hmm. skills. And specifically, the place I learned that I was lacking them in mm-hmm. was holding my own when it came to leading the mm-hmm. men who were now reporting into me. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a period in time where I was promoted and elevated inside my organization. Mm-hmm. And I inherited a group of men who were all older. Mm-hmm. And and hopefully they didn't pat you on top of the head or call you honey. <laughs> I mean, it was almost that bad, actually. Uh, no one was listening to me. Uh, nobody really wanted to hear what I had to say. They were not following the rules. I mean, it was all the things you could imagine. This was about over 10 years ago now, but it was all the things that you can imagine that would be the case. And I remember going, oh, I should quit. Like, that was my solution. Right. To the it was your fault, your problem. Mm-hmm my fault, my problem. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, not cut out for this, not good enough. Mm -hmm. I should quit. And one of my friends had a coach and Mm -hmm. she recommended I go get coaching because it Mm -hmm. would support me. And my response was like, no, leave me alone. Coaching. Coaching? That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. And she kept at it. And I eventually I noodled my way through a bunch of different training programs. Mm-hmm. At first, I just wanted to do it on my own mm-hmm. uh, and eventually landed myself with the Handel Group as mm-hmm. a client. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first started that I was so blown away by how the, the person I was working with was impacting me and really helping mm-hmm. me see things from a different perspective mm-hmm. and also just really being like a trusted advisor. Mm-hmm. And I was left with like, wow, people do this as a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very cool. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to train to be a coach. Mm-hmm. And um, for the longest time, I just thought that I was going to moonlight as a coach and work mm-hmm. full time and use my coaching skills to be better at my job. Mm-hmm. But over time, what happened is I was falling in love with coaching and, and knew mm-hmm. that I had to actually make the jump and mm-hmm. leave. It was a very comfortable corporate mm-hmm. lifestyle and job where it was actually my real passion mm-hmm. to become a coach full time. So that's how I got here. I love it. I love it. Well, I. You know, I would imagine with what your company does and with what you do, 2020 was kind of a boom, <laughs> you know, as in, whoa, <laughs> you know, people figured out we need help, um, you know, especially when their businesses went completely upside down, you know, the, the things that, you know, doing the business the way we had done it for years was not going to work. You know, because people weren't in the office, businesses were closed, businesses were partially open, all of these various things. So did you guys find that? Did you, was it, was it something that people went, oh my gosh, we need help? Yes. In in various ways, there was really, um, in the beginning of the pandemic, people mm-hmm. were like, just everything needs to be put on hold, mm-hmm. nowhere, hold, right. mm-hmm. um, and it was like people needed the moment to level set. But mm-hmm. once everybody was like at home in their computers mm-hmm. and fully functioning, mm-hmm. what came up were a couple of different things. Mm-hmm. The first part was that in order to work remotely, you have to have a different type of culture mm-hmm. where people can um, feel trusted, mm-hmm. that there are the right rules in place about mm-hmm. how we start and stop work, and that um, there's the right communication structures mm-hmm. in place so that people can easily kind of lobby the ball back and forth when it comes to executing work and projects. Mm-hmm. So people really confronted with, wow, there was holes before, mm-hmm. but the holes and the gaps and what wasn't working were almost sort of like minimized because right. we were 
interfacing with each other. And now that and other people could kind of cover for you and yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so those holes became apparent. So people Mm -hmm. need a lot of support in figuring out how Mm -hmm. to go fill those holes from a cultural standpoint. Mm -hmm. But then what it also brought up for individuals is like, wait, work-life balance. Mm -hmm. (laughs) What is that? Right. Uh, Now that work and life are in the same place, what the heck? Mm -hmm. Exactly. I've been sitting in this kitchen for like Mm-hmm. I don't know, the last 12 months, I think. Mm-hmm. I have not left it. So um, so people were struggling, professionals mm-hmm. were struggling with how to maintain productivity mm-hmm. and sanity and also like have be able to manage the family right. and their personal lives mm-hmm. while uh, really working hard during a time that was mm-hmm. unprecedented. So it brought up a lot of challenges. And so mm-hmm. for us, it was really, as a coach, it was really a moment to uh, show up for our clients in a way that mm-hmm. we haven't, we haven't had to do it before. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it was around helping them have coping mechanisms, mm-hmm. uh, learning how to stay resilient, mm-hmm. and then also helping them invent something that didn't exist in the past mm-hmm. when it comes to their culture. Right. You know, and one of the hardest things was that everybody was all of a sudden remote. And, and of course, the problem was it was all of a sudden you were at work on Friday and you couldn't go in on Monday. I mean, you know, that was, and, and I loved it when they said two weeks, it'll be two weeks. And we all went, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we all thought maybe a month, maybe a little bit more. We certainly did not plan on a year, um, you know, and, and things like that. But so, of course, the biggest thing was initially how do you even function? I mean, you know, a lot of people did not have the technology. They didn't have, you know, they, they even if they had laptops, they might not have walked out of the office with them on Friday. Um, you know, and, and I, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine who uh, all of a sudden she, her husband was home who normally travels half the time. Her four kids were home and she was trying to to do her business. And she said, our Wi-Fi won't do it. You know, I mean, it was just, and because she said, you know, they were all live streaming. I mean, it was not just, Hey, you know, let's, let's check Facebook. They, it was heavy duty Wi-Fi use. So all of these things had to happen and work still had to be done. Um, You know, and, and that's the hard part. And you mentioned one of the things was, you know, the, the, the trust thing, you know, people were all of a sudden like, well, if I can't see you, how do I know you're going to get the job done? And I mean, my thought process was, if you're wondering that now, you probably have issues with that employee anyway. Um, but, you know, it really was one of those things where, you know, people just, they they had absolutely no idea how to, to, to survive in this new world. Yeah, exactly. And also people contended with, you know, what most people in corporate America contend with mm-hmm. is we've always done it that way. Yes. So therefore, mm-hmm. it this is goes. the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. Right. If anyone tells you that... Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's red flag. It means they're yep. stuck in their old ways and they're mm-hmm. not willing to innovate. Mm-hmm. But what really happened with people no longer being in their seats, right? Mm-hmm. So like the butts and seats mm-hmm. sort of like phenomenon that we all really care about mm-hmm. is that people realize we don't always have to do it that way. Right. And actually, business can be conducted in different ways mm-hmm. and we can still be as productive and um, as connected too mm-hmm. in many ways um, in our work. So I think it was the right sort of like shot in the arm, if you will, for people to get that we can invent a new culture of Mm -hmm. working because what we were doing before wasn't really sustainable. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I have a lot of friends in different sectors and oftentimes Mm -hmm. they'll tell me like, one of the things I'm absolutely not doing again is going back to working the way I used to work. Like Mm -hmm. I used to be in the office 14 hours a day, What I'm not giving up is my afternoon walk with my kids Mm -hmm. or what I've done. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like early morning meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think we've gotten a, 
wide awakening, if mm-hmm. you will, in this right. time. Yeah. You know, whenever this calms down, if it calms down, um, you know, we're not going to be functioning the the way we were in say January of 2020. It's just not going to happen. Like you said, you know, we, we all now have developed new work habits, work patterns. Um, you know, for a lot of people, they're, they're still going to have their kids at home, you know, either full or, or part-time. So they're still having to be teacher, you know, in addition to everything else that they're doing. But yeah, you know, we got used to the fact that, okay, it's one o'clock. We're going to go walk the dog. We're going to, you know, all of these various things. And for some people, they might have figured out, you know, I, I really do work better at night. You know, I'm getting, I get more work done by doing that than if you make me work at eight o'clock in the morning. So businesses have to shift to that and, you know, and basically realize, okay, if the work gets done, who the heck cares? Um, Which is a, but it's a really hard process, especially for those managers that really like to have their thumb on people, you know, for them to, to figure that out. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that, I'm one of those people, by the way, I really mm-hmm. did realize that I'm much better at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm much more effective and efficient mm-hmm. to get project work done at night mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. during the day. Like mm-hmm. I'm during the day, it, that that's where I want to get like the little things done. Mm-hmm. But like thinking work for me makes more sense in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I think what's true is that managers, especially in the day and age of technology mm-hmm. and um, the fast paced world that we live in, they're always looking for ways to optimize mm-hmm all the resources that they have. Right. And one of the optimized resources is allowing people to work mm-hmm. in the fashion that works most mm-hmm. and that works best for them. Right. This idea of like the industrialized way of doing work where we all have mm-hmm. to be like at the factory, mm-hmm. like in for like X time, mm-hmm. you know, clock in, clock out. Right. It doesn't apply anymore. Yet we still apply that structure mm-hmm. to the way that we set up corporations, mm-hmm. actual, the physical organization mm-hmm. of the corporation and then also like the culture. So I think um, it's interesting to see how we're going to come out on the other side mm-hmm. and how the company of the future is going to look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I'm assuming that it, for the most part, I think a, a lot of businesses are, they're definitely not going to go back to the way it was, um, you know, for a variety of reasons. I think many businesses are looking around going, ooh, we've been paying a lot of rent that we don't need to, Um, you know, those overhead costs and and things like that, you know, they might still need a physical location, but maybe it doesn't have to be 10,000 square feet. (laughs) Maybe it's that, you know, they know they're going to have, you know, a monthly meeting where people really do have to be in the same place. So they rent a hotel or, you know, all these various things. Um, You know, I, I, one of the things that I've heard people say is, you know, they, they pretty much know that their, their desk is gone. It's going to be a shared space because they're going to be working Monday and Wednesday. Somebody else will be sitting at that desk Tuesday and Thursday, um, you know, things like that. And so it's, it really is going to be interesting to see a year from now, because I think that's going to take, it's going to take a year really for, for every process to, to have gone through. But the cool thing is all the positive steps. I mean, like you said, you know, you work better at night. So, you know, you're, it's, it's a benefit to the company now to let you do that. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And also I want to just want to say one other thing about this too, is that, um, you know, what happens when you allow people to work how they want to work, mm-hmm. not only are they more productive, mm-hmm. but they're happier. Right. And happier people actually produce better results mm-hmm. there. They, they stay longer as employees, mm-hmm. the, the, you know, they're retention, um, mm-hmm. the turnover is less for those mm-hmm. employees. 
but also they're more likely to take on more mm-hmm. initiatives or more likely to contribute more mm-hmm. at work if they're happy. And so there's a, another benefit where like you can get more, mm-hmm. not just productivity, but mm-hmm. actual contribution mm-hmm. out of an employee if they're happy in right. what they're doing and how they're doing it. Right. Yeah. You know, you work with companies about their culture. I mean, that's the that's really definitely going to to make a shift. And and you know, I've been thinking about this a lot because when I was in corporate America, um, you know, culture was very important to the company that I, I worked with. And you know, from just you know how we held meetings to the nonprofit organizations that we supported to you know all sorts of different things, and. Obviously, we're still so early in this process that you know we we really don't know. But how do you see companies' cultures really shifting? Oh, um, so many good things I, I truly believe. So one of the things that is apt is happening now, and it's going to mm-hmm. continue to happen, is that companies can recruit from anywhere. Right. Oh yeah, so anywhere we'll in the world. Mm-hmm. Anywhere in the world, right? So on, on the employee side, it makes it a little bit more challenging. There's more competition out there mm-hmm. for your particular spot. From mm-hmm. from the company perspective. The company's access to so much more mm-hmm. talent mm-hmm. and um, doesn't really have to worry about the inherent cost of mm-hmm. like bringing that talent on. Like you don't have to move somebody right. from Colorado mm-hmm. anymore if your company's based in New York. Mm-hmm. Like they can stay there. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And they can work on Zoom all day long. Mm-hmm. So that's benefit number one for companies mm-hmm. recruiting from anywhere. So the pot of talent is going is so much more rich and diverse. Mm-hmm. The other piece of it is, is that employees or people who've had disabilities who mm-hmm. traditionally have not applied for roles mm. they haven't been able to get into an office or live in oh I love that I hadn't even thought of that yes yeah so it's actually mm-hmm. interesting for us as a society because people who once weren't able to have access to jobs because of their disability mm-hmm. now will have access mm-hmm. and that actually is going to improve us as a society overall mm-hmm. because people networking right. is not mm-hmm. for anybody mm-hmm. but also we're going to now have that representation in an organization. Mm-hmm. So the innovation that will come out mm-hmm. of having that representation in an organization is profound. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that should, shift is already starting to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 One of the things that's concerned me are some of the, the more recent stats that are, that are coming out that are saying that the, the women are leaving the workforce yeah. in, in higher numbers. Um, and that's because, you know, in, in, in many cases, because their kids are home, um, you know, and, and they have to be the teacher, you know, all of those, you know, and, and, and um, you know, and, and I think some really are thinking, you know what, this is great. I like being home, uh, you know, and, and so how do you see that as, as being, you know, are, is that going to continue? Are we, you know, because I mean, the, one of the other things that your company uh, really works with is diversity, you know, it, you know, we mentioned um, those with who are, are disabled and, and have things that, you know, might limit them to being there. I mean, you know, not having women in the workforce is, I mean, you know, we're going backwards. I know. I know. It is the consequence of the pandemic um, mm-hmm. and it's the consequence of also institutional processes and systems mm-hmm. that women um, in organizations oppressed and marginalized. And I hate mm-hmm. to say those words because they sound really dramatic and drastic, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I want to bring to light is in the very beginning of the pandemic, a lot of companies reacted by like doing things such as like company happy hour. Right. And it was after work. And mm-hmm. the women that I coach and a lot of my friends with kids <laughs> would be like, I have to put the kids. Yeah, back. I can't go. I have to what fix dinner. Have? I have to. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And 
um, you know, there was a little bit of shame associated with that, mm-hmm. or they felt bad about it, or they, they keep their video screen off mm-hmm. and like on mute while they're trying to make dinner and deal mm-hmm. with kids. That labor fell on them, or you know, the husband was out working, whatever mm-hmm. the situation mm-hmm. was. So companies um, still have not really figured out how to cause inclusive environments for mm-hmm. women to make it safe for them to be like, mm-hmm. you know what, I actually take go, go take care of my kids because mm-hmm. it ends up becoming some sort of like. Um, shame on the woman but if a man mm-hmm. goes to say i have to go take care of my kids we applaud right, them, right? Mm-hmm. there's a double standard that happens mm-hmm. and we all know the reasons why um and so companies really didn't do a great job during the pandemic to make it okay for women to mm-hmm. not be on the zoom call keep their video mm-hmm. off like take the time to take care of their kids and that caused an exodus mm-hmm. one of the main reasons there are other factors so i'm not speaking to every single factor but mm-hmm. in corporate america that was one of the main mm-hmm. reasons um because somebody had to go take care of the kids mm-hmm. and then also Another factor was that oftentimes when we looked at who was making more money or whose job was mm-hmm. going to like su- support the family, mm-hmm. women still make less money than men. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of like the sort of sacrifice had to be on the women's part to mm-hmm. say, okay, well, your salary is greater than mine. So we're going to, we're mm-hmm. going to sacrifice my job so that mm-hmm. I can, we can take care of the kids since mm-hmm. we can't have the nanny or the daycare or whatever the situation might be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also there's been reports that women were getting laid off more mm-hmm. than men. Um, so that's also another conversation. But at the end of the day, the problem that we are now sitting in is that there are many women who are not working, mm-hmm. who've chose to leave for various reasons or were pushed out or had mm-hmm. to make the decision when they didn't really want to make the decision. And it's, for me, I think is going to produce a very interesting backlash. Mm-hmm. And um, once this is all settled, the women who've left mostly have been, mm-hmm. are very successful very well educated. Mm-hmm. And I think what those women are going to go produce and how they're going to shift and shape. The they're going to do their own thing. It's going to be freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Like watch yep. out. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to go. I don't need you. Exactly. The ammunition mm-hmm. from like what's happened where you were not, you had no control. Mm-hmm. You were, your family was at risk mm-hmm. and you could not maintain a job. Like the, the impact of those things mm-hmm really, I think is putting women in a place where like, well, we'll just do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out a culture that works for us. Mm-hmm. We'll figure out a way so that it's more, I am always included because mm-hmm. I'm mostly represented. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see some really interesting businesses come out mm-hmm. of the layoffs from the pandemic, mm-hmm. but specifically what's happened to women during mm-hmm. the pandemic. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it really is going to be cool. Um, you know, it's going to be rough for a while, but you know, that's, that's sometimes you need that in order to have good change come about. Exactly. Um, but, and, you know, and, and I think this really is where companies are going to have to figure out, we have to allow if, you know, uh, people to, to set their own schedules, you know, and, and, uh, you know, far more so now than, than ever, you know, especially if, uh, you know, if, if, if they're having to, to teach their kids or even, you know, if the kids are just home, um, oh, you know, there's a, a commercial that's running on TV right now where there's this woman who's zooming and she's got her, her giant coffee cup and she keeps moving it to hide the kid behind <laughs> her. And, you know, and I get a kick out of it because the kid, of course, has figured out what's going on. And yeah. so he's trying to be in the zoom picture. But, you know, I think the the other thing that that everybody just has to get over is the fact that you know dogs are going to bark, kids are going to be there. You know what? You're in your home. Yeah. Get over it. Um, yes. You know, I, I did a, a Zoom uh, with somebody last week, and her dog barked. I thought it was funny. She was embarrassed, and it was like, "What? You're home. Your dogs bark." Exactly. Um, you know, yeah. and and 
So these things happen. I mean, you know, if people are acting like in a workplace, nobody ever went wandering across, you know, or, or did things there. I things know. happen, yes. um, you know, and, and, and if anything, it's actually kind of cool to get a glimpse into people's home lives, yeah. um, you know, because I think in many cases, especially women, we tended to really keep our home life separate. You know, we didn't want them to know that we were also taking care of these three kids and two dogs and a cat. Um, But now everybody's like, Oh my gosh. So, so, you know, she's playing soccer and he's doing this and this way. Yo, tell us more about it. Um, We're learning more about people, which is always a good thing. Yeah. Well, to the point you just made women, we we didn't want to share what we were dealing with because Mm -hmm. it was a liability for us. Right. Yeah. People would go, oh, you know, you have three kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Scarlet letter on you. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're not going to be as committed or you're too Mm -hmm. distracted. And that that was one of the reasons why we had to keep it so Mm -hmm. quiet. Um, And now everyone's exposed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Everybody is exposed. Mm -hmm. I was doing a client session and I was actually sitting upstairs. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband was not home. Mm We didn't think home and I left my computer on my desk on a desk mm-hmm. I went to go grab my charger which was down here uh-huh. and I come upstairs and I can see my husband in the zoom screen and <laughs> literally sh- shirtless and I'm like oh my god it's like a cover oops, oops. Uh-huh. and my client's like what's going on I'm like oh my husband's naked behind me and yeah like, oh. yeah yeah. Welcome, right? Welcome. Yeah. I've I've seen several spouses in bathrobes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it is part of it. And I think the thing you're talking about is the getting over it part is accurate, but mm-hmm. there is the um values of tolerance mm-hmm. that companies need to start cultivating. Right. It's tolerating the dog barking mm-hmm. and the, the patience of mm-hmm. what it means when you have kids in the background. Mm-hmm. It's not as easy to hear someone like mm-hmm. tolerance is something we're all going to mm-hmm. have to develop. And we've been able to sort of silo our lives out for mm-hmm. so long and be in our workplaces mm-hmm. and be very professional and, mm-hmm. you know, be in what we think is the right way to be. Mm-hmm. And that's all gone away. And it's likely not mm-hmm. coming back in the capacity right. that, that we were in before. Mm-hmm. So cultivating a culture of tolerance is really mm-hmm. important for companies Mm -hmm. and each company is going to have to figure out their own path Mm -hmm. to go do that Mm -hmm. but also um really looking at what inclusivity means Mm -hmm. you know when we talk about dei we talk about diversity equity and inclusion Mm -hmm. um and the inclusion part is like the implementation of all the things that diversity equity Mm -hmm. and inclusion stands for right like inclusion really is about making sure that people feel like they belong Mm -hmm. there right and that okay for them to be who Mm -hmm. they are in the culture Mm -hmm. While companies have done a great job at recruiting, many companies have quote, have quotas for bringing in more diverse talent or more mm-hmm. women. We've mm-hmm. seen more women rise up in the ranks of leadership. We've even adjusted our policies. So our policies are actually more equitable. Like even mm-hmm. though it's not perfect, it's actually better. Mm-hmm. But one of the places where companies still struggle is the belonging component. Mm-hmm. So if you have women leaving your organization, if you see that going on, mm-hmm. there's something up with how right. inclusive you mm-hmm. are being with the women or mm-hmm. with whatever talent is good is mm-hmm. going right mm-hmm. so it's about companies thinking about how do we create the environment where people mm-hmm. can feel safe to be themselves and actually a company is responsible for that it needs to be a part of their mm-hmm. mission and strategic objectives for every year but specifically mm-hmm. this year right. and um, it has to be addressed because mm-hmm. if the women go there's and any person that's going to leave your organization mm-hmm. the less diverse your organization is, mm-hmm. the less successful it's going to be, the less right. innovative mm-hmm. um, and the less dynamic. So if you really want to continue to survive in whatever's mm-hmm. going to be after this, mm-hmm. you need the most diverse talent mm-hmm. 
Okay. And the people with the pain points right now are the women. So mm-hmm. you want them in your company, mm-hmm. helping you solve those pain points because right. the men are not going to figure it out. They do mm-hmm. not know how they're not living the pain point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and you know, you, you mentioned that, that we can get employees from all over now, you know, and, and, you know, obviously it, it does depend on the business, but um, you know, it, it's also a benefit to be able to tell people, you know what, it's okay that you've got three kids and two dogs and a cat at home that you're having to deal with. Our company recognizes that and we want you to come work for us. Because, you know, even a year ago, there were people who would think, you know, I I just can't get that job. You know, not only, you know, we talked about, you know, physically maybe they couldn't come in. You know, they also thought I I can't because I've got kids at home. I've got a parent I'm having to take care of. Now companies can say, we've included that as part of how we do business. Mm-hmm. And so again, I mean, I just, I see that as a, as a big positive where people, you know, people who didn't have the opportunity or thought they didn't, you know, now are going to be able to, to do things. And, and, you know, maybe it's that they end up working a couple of jobs, um, you know, and, and all sorts of things. I think it's, I, you know, again, once stuff kind of settles, you know, and we kind of figure out where we're going. Um, I think it, it really is going to be a, a big benefit to, to many companies if they actually embrace it. Yes. Agreed. Fully. So, you know, it's, I, one of the things, I mean, your, your company is, is called that the handle group and, and they have that, the handle method. What is that? What, what exactly is that? Yeah. So the handle method is an approach to coaching people mm-hmm. that was developed at MIT actually. Mm-hmm. So um, the founders of the company had been in personal and self-development for many years. And mm-hmm. when they were starting the Handel group, uh, Mm -hmm. they wanted to codify a method and they wanted to give it the rigorous sort of um, process, if you Mm -hmm. will, that MIT student would give it. So Mm -hmm. scientists were going through a coaching method. So if Mm -hmm. you've got, like you guys can understand, my husband's in finance. So when Mm -hmm. we talk, it's like we talk different languages. So it's like Mm -hmm. he, like somebody who's very mathematical and linear went Mm -hmm. through what's a coaching process. And what that caused is uh, it caused this really beautiful method where the way we take people through upgrading mm-hmm. their world is um, systematic, mm-hmm. um, but also has space and breath for people to um, go in different directions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where they are. Um, but it's also very holistic. Mm-hmm. So unlike um, other coaching companies or coaching modalities mm-hmm. that focus on like goal setting or like some siloed version of what's mm-hmm. going to be need to be done for a human, mm-hmm. we focus holistically. So not only are we looking at getting people clear on their dreams and their goals and mm-hmm. the process for that, but also we help them with goal setting. Mm-hmm. That's another component. We help them look at their personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, many companies are very interested in learning about their people's personality. So mm-hmm. whether they're doing the DISC profile or right. the mm-hmm. assessment, um, we, we, talk about that in our coaching and we actually have a mm-hmm. process to get people to understand their personalities mm-hmm. and how to leverage them because what's true about your personality and I'd say this to my clients all the time is it, your personality is made up of a bunch of different personality mm-hmm. traits that you have and your personality traits cause an impact when you interact mm-hmm. with people so if you're someone who's super creative that has an impact mm-hmm. and if you're somebody who's very defensive i.e. me that has an impact mm-hmm. and uh, if I impact you in a certain way that's how I leave you feeling, mm-hmm. which then ends up being my reputation with you. So for all of us walking around trying to build a better company, coalesce a team to get an initiative passed through, we mostly stumble about why can't I get the result? Why can't I get the buy-in? And it's 
by the way, your personality might mm-hmm. be getting in the way. Mm-hmm. And most people are blinded to the impact of their personality because they only live in the intention of their right. personality. Mm-hmm. So when I'm defensive, I'm not trying to be mean to you. Right. I'm just telling you how upset mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. I come off really mean and no one wants to talk to me afterwards. And I don't know that because I'm not on the receiving end. Right. So we have a whole process by which we get people to really understand mm-hmm. the impact of their personality and how to mitigate it and mm-hmm. also evolve it, which mm-hmm. is really profound. Right. And then our coaching work goes even deeper where we look at people's lives in all different areas. And mm-hmm. um, so even in our, in our corporate work, we deal with people in their love life or with mm-hmm. their body image because right. all those pl- pieces impact mm-hmm. how you show up. And we're seeing that more and more. We were just discussing mm-hmm. about how it, sh- how it impacts mm-hmm. you at work, right? If you're unhappy in your marriage, it's going to be harder for you to be right. focused. On. So mm-hmm. we make sure that we make people holistically proud mm-hmm. about how their life mm-hmm. is working for them so they can produce the best mm-hmm. results at work. Right. Yeah. I mean, you, you as, as a business, you can't fix somebody's marriage, but you can know, uh, you know, okay, here's how we might have to be dealing with this situation at work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um, so the method itself um, is really based in two tenets, I would say. It's telling the truth for you mm-hmm. and then being in integrity mm. with your truth. Mm-hmm. And those, those, sounds like, those sound like cliche phrases and like something you'd see on an Instagram mm-hmm. meme. I got it. It's true. Mm -hmm. Um, But I often tell my clients, like, losing weight is very simple. It's eat less, move more. Right. (laughs) The the mathematical formula is always Mm -hmm. the same. We can slap anything on Mm -hmm. it. You can call it keto, paleo, Mm -hmm. low carb, whatever you want to call it. At the end of the day, Mm -hmm. exert more energy than you consume. It's Mm -hmm. basically that. Mm -hmm. So, as much as tell the truth and be in integrity with yourself sounds cliche, Mm -hmm. it actually really is the way to Mm -hmm. being proud and effective. And so we teach people how to do that in their world mm-hmm. um, in a very like systematic way. Right. Right. You know, and you, you talk um, about how to give them the space for them to succeed. It's almost like you give them permission to, to succeed. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things I've learned in my own coaching, so I'll speak from my own experience with people, is that uh, when people are confined, mm-hmm. um, whether they are confined because of something outside of them, some outside pressure or obstacle, or confined because of something inside of them, mm-hmm. right? their own worries, their own anxieties, mm-hmm. their own um, self-doubts, they can't be creative. Right. You like, And I, I was just actually speaking to a client prior to this call. And I was saying to her, like, when we're in deep fear, none of your superpowers come out. You can't mm-hmm. be the, the most charming mm-hmm. when you're afraid. You can't even, even mm-hmm. if that fear is worry or self-doubt. So if you're at a party and you're trying to impress someone, and you're worried they're not going to like you, you won't be your most charming self. It's impossible. Right. Mm-hmm. Smiling and being mad at the same time. Like they can't coexist. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that we do in coaching and I do in my coaching is I help to peel away the layers for people mm-hmm. to get them out of the fear grip. Mm-hmm. And have them be more present to who they are. Mm-hmm. And that really does shift for people how they show up. And then it produces mm-hmm. magical results, not because it's magic, but because when you're actually just like landed in who you mm-hmm. are and like trusting in yourself, mm-hmm. you're easier. And mm-hmm. so then people relate to you in a different way mm-hmm. and then things become easier. Right. You know, and <clears throat> excuse me, obviously that's very hard for people because they think well, if I'm myself, people aren't going to like me. 
my boss won't like me, the people I work with, my clients, all of those things. So, you know, that's where it's it's difficult. But as you said, when they reach that point, and, and maybe it's that, you know, the people that won't like that, maybe they need to not be in your 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 space. You know, if they, you know, if a uh, you know, great example is, you know, somebody who's the life of the party, you know, they're the jokester, you know, and, and maybe they're covering that they're very insecure. And so, you know, if you, if they're true to themselves and they're, you know, they're not telling the jokes and doing all of those things, the people who like that in them, well, maybe it's time for them to go away. Yes, exactly. Um, one of the things I learned when I was first trained to be a coach, mm-hmm. I was very concerned with my team liking me. Mm-hmm. And I, I got, and the lesson I got from that is I have a particular trait, part of my personality is people mm-hmm. pleaser. Mm-hmm. And I've learned how to minimize that. And many people have people pleaser in mm-hmm. their personality. Especially women. Let's be especially, honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially women were very much taught to like play nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, be polite, all these things. Mm-hmm. One of the things I learned very early on is that you'd rat, like, it's more important to have people respect you mm-hmm. than like you. And if right. you don't respect yourself, no one's going to respect you. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing that going, okay, like whatever. Thanks a lot. I'm paying mm-hmm. you for this really. Mm-hmm. And then I, I tried to implement it mm-hmm. and I got it. Like, mm-hmm. actually, wow it really does matter that I stand mm-hmm. up for myself and respect myself. Mm-hmm. And then I get that back. Mm-hmm. So I, I, it's important for people to know that like is not the ultimate objective. Respect mm-hmm. is, and it starts first with respecting yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, the other thing I wanted to say is that, um, you know, when, I, and you write it in my bio, when you actually lean into who you are, mm-hmm. honoring all your quirks, all mm-hmm. the things that make you different and weird. You know, I often tell my clients at, at a coaching session, I'll say, hey, I can be very intuitive sometimes. And I just have like an interesting thought. And I don't know mm-hmm. where it came came from or um, what's happening for me, but I just have this interesting thought. And I will, can I tell you? Mm-hmm. And I tell them and I'm like, okay, you might think I'm a weirdo, but I, I lean into that. And actually mm-hmm. what's happening right. is, as I embrace it, mm-hmm. I add more value to my coaching mm-hmm. session. It was, mm-hmm. it is what makes me different. If you mm-hmm. don't want someone to give you an intuitive like thought, don't mm-hmm. come to me. Right. You're not my person. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay for that to be the reality, mm-hmm. but me trying to minimize that or manage it mm-hmm. actually keeps me from causing the mm-hmm. most impact. So mm-hmm. in my bio, I said, leading into authenticity breeds confidence. If you're not mm-hmm. going to deeply be yourself, you will never feel confident. Imposter mm-hmm. syndrome will always be really loud you will feel like a fake, you will mm-hmm. feel like a fraud, and you won't trust yourself, which means that you're not going to actually be taking on mm-hmm. all the risk right. that you take on to really mm-hmm. create the life or company mm-hmm. that you deeply want to go create. Right. Oh my gosh, Krista, we, we don't have too much time left. Um, and this has been such a great discussion. We just have to do it again because, you know, there's so many things that 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 we didn't even get to cover, um, you know, and, and I think especially you know, say six months from now, as things are kind of hopefully settled down a little bit more, we really, we really will see how companies are starting to function. And whether it's, you know, the, the 10,000 employee place or the one, you know, because even, you know, somebody like me, I mean, you know, I have clients, I have people I work with. So how am I interacting with people in this new world? Um, you know, and and so I think it'll be fun to, to have you on again to, to really be able to to talk about, you know, how companies are, are shifting and, and you know, are we seeing more women who have started their own businesses and, and partnered with other strong women? I mean, you know, all sorts of things like that. I think this is, is going to be great. Um, so, you know, we will definitely do that. But 
before then, tell us how people reach out and, and connect with you know with your company because you do several things. Um, and then you know how do they connect with you? Yeah. So um, first off, Instagram is an amazing resource. So if you're not following, I'm old. I don't use Instagram. <laughs> I'm a laggard. I just started last year. So I understand. Um, I did sign up for Clubhouse, but ah, (laughs) it's audio, right? So, uh oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So, Instagram's a great resource. The reason why I say that is because on Instagram, we uh, have shows. So, if you want to interact with coaches, we do uh, weekly and daily shows Mm -hmm. on there um, so people can interact with Mm -hmm. like how we do business and Mm -hmm. how we. Um, also LinkedIn is another place. If mm-hmm. you are interested in the diversity conversation, mm-hmm. my colleague Ty and I do a weekly diversity conversation. Wonderful. About all different things mm-hmm. in the DEI space. And uh, so that's another place to go follow Handel Group. Mm-hmm. I always ask people to follow me as well, because I do a lot of things um, with women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. And um, I do speaking with entrepreneurs. And that's not always posted in the Handel Group mm-hmm. ecosystem. So if people are interested mm-hmm. in that content, um, then you can follow me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's Chris as Indra's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and same thing at Handout Group. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, at um at Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can follow me there. Those are probably the best places to get more information. I love it. I love it. And your company URL, I have to look through my bifocals here, is handlegroup.com. And so that's H-A-N-D-E-L group.com. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it was, I it was going through your website and there's so many things that you do. So I encourage people to look and see because, you know, like sports, we didn't even talk about sports, yes. um, you know, and, and so, you know, fun things like that, but um, you know, and, and now really is the perfect time for people to really be thinking about how they're moving forward. What, you know, personally, what are your goals? What are your company's goals? You know, all of those various things. So I, I strongly encourage people to, to visit your site and look at your resources. Yes, um, for sure. Especially if you're in a grow, growing and scaling your company mm-hmm. and you just need some support in figuring out how to go do that. We have mm-hmm. coaches at all different levels who've worked with building mm-hmm. organizations that can mm-hmm. be just a great resource. Um, and again, if you wanted some tips and tricks and just some inspiration, Instagram will offer you those mm-hmm. shows that give you like that content that kind of keeps you motivated. But I did want to say one other thing. We also have a digital program. Ah. It's called Inner You. And mm-hmm. we actually created it because um, sometimes coaching is a barrier to entry from a time and you know money co- commitment. Mm-hmm. But also people who are running companies, they can't always invest in their people doing one-on-one coaching. It's really mm-hmm. expensive. It's very time consuming. Mm-hmm. So we created this product where you can be taken through the entire method, mm-hmm. soup nuts, um, on your own, it's learner led and, uh, it's priced appropriately to be learner led. Um, but with it comes an ecosystem mm-hmm. of various programs. So master classes, mm-hmm. specialized courses, um, and all of the coaches who work for handout group mm-hmm. end up teaching in those places. So you'll get access to a high level coach mm-hmm. uh, with, via the program. So if anyone's interested, it's called inner you. And if you're working on career, I would recommend inner you career. That's mm-hmm. where we talk topics, but we have other programs if you're more focused on your life or in love as well. Great. And those links are all on your website. So so that's yeah. perfect. Well, you know, this really has been a great conversation. Like I said, I can't wait to, to continue it. Until then, do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Oh, I just want to leave everybody with like, you know what, this is um, a great time for reinvention and invention. 
And I know we've been all in like this heavy, dark space for such a long time. But if you have not sat with yourself and thought mm-hmm. about like, okay, what will, what do you want to contribute to mm-hmm. the world or to your family in the next 10, 20 years? Go do that assignment for yourself. Like, okay, it's 20 years from now. I'm reflecting back. I'm at a cocktail party. I'm at a wedding. I'm at mm-hmm. some event. I'm bragging about what happened over the last 10, 20 years. What would you be saying? Mm-hmm. Who would you have been? What impact would you've made? Now is really the time to go invent that for yourself because out of this insanity and sadness that we've been living in, there's going to be so much goodness mm-hmm. that we're all going to create. So set yourself up to be able to contribute to humanity in the ways that you want. I love it. I love it. Well, I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating discussion with Chris Zindros Boyce of The Handle Group. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.